Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by Lynda.com. Lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to Lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. Joining me as always is Bobby Kravitsky at Bobby underscore K91. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Patriots Beat. Of course, you can follow CLNS Radio at CLNS Radio. For you Facebook fans, if you want to follow CLNS Radio, it's www.facebook.com slash CLNS fans. And of course, you can follow the Patriots Beat podcast as well. www.facebook.com slash Patriots Beat. We are three weeks removed from the Super Bowl. We are at the point of attack when it comes to the offseason. Here it is. The combine is underway. The NFL draft will be kicking off April 30th. Uh, Preseason will be kicking off after that, but of course we have free agency coming up. A lot of things that are going to need to happen for the New England Patriots. Big, big names that need to be worked out there. There's Darrell Revis. There's... um, Devin McCourty, Shane Vereen, there's some big things. And to talk with us tonight, we have Miguel of PatsCap.com, at PatsCap on Twitter. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the first person to dedicate a website to one team's salary cap. And let me tell you right now, Miguel does a fine job, and we are very excited to have him on the show tonight. Of course, you can also follow along with him and the other guys over at PatsFans.com as he is going to be a contributor to Patriots 4th and 2, a great podcast by our friends uh, Steve Belasheri and Russ Goldman. Uh, it's a great thing. It's it's Pats fans getting together, and as we've said before in the past, uh, you know, having these guys as as friends and collaborators really are great. Uh, as uh, Nick Gelso, our our owner, said to Russ uh, earlier today on Facebook, Russ is like family. So it, it's a great thing. We have a lot of good stuff going on. So Bobby, what's on your mind before we bring Miguel on? Well, it's that time of year, Jeff. Armchair GM season is here. Fans get to 
do the mock drafts and free agency, what to do with Darrell Revis's contract. It's that time of year where everyone gets to pretend to be Bill Belichick and Nick Casario. And we try to pretend to be both of them, and we never get it right. We never know what's going to happen, except there is a certain person on this podcast who correctly selected Brian Stork last year, who could have been the rookie of the year for the New England Patriots. That would be me. <laughs> but that's the only time I've ever got anything right. It was it was dumb luck more than anything. Let's uh, let, let's bring Miguel on and let's start talking a little bit about the Patriots and their cap situation. Well, joining us on the line right now is Miguel from PatsCap.com, the first and only uh, website to, dedicated to one team's salary cap. Miguel, welcome to the Patriots Beat Podcast. Glad to be aboard. Thank you so much. I love listening to you guys. Um, probably well, we my, appreciate it. Yeah, I know you, what I try to do um, is when I'm doing my update on my pages, I try to listen to you guys a couple pod, one of the podcasts. One of my podcasts I listen to when I'm updating my pages. It's great stuff. Well, it'll be it'll be great. We uh, we love when you shout out to us, and we really appreciate it. That first thing I got to ask you, Miguel, from uh, all of Patriots Nation, is first of all, thank you for creating this page. And how did you ever just decide, you know what, I'm going to come out and set up a salary cap page for the New England Patriots? Um, long story short is that when I first started doing this, was like in early 2000, 2001. Um, you know, I would be on Patriots in news groups and, you know, um, and, and on different message boards that a certain play would have. A four million dollar cap hood, and then the next day I would leave here with a five million dollar cap hood, and it would cost X amount of dollars to cut them, and then the next day it would be Y, you know, and, it, and this would be from different newspapers too, you know, so the, the Globe would say something, and the Hell would say something else the next day. So that doesn't make any sense. The players, players' salary cap is just one, you know, usually they're not changing changing new contracts each day, but play, so I, I decided, well, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so. I decided to keep track of it, and then I asked people. Um, I've been doing this since 2001, and, um, so it's been, you know, that's why I started because just to help keep track of it. Because you know, I realized that it's like, well, uh, there would be reports about the Patriots salary cap in the newspapers. No one would ever like say this is each day. This is where they were they were at. And I was like, well, there was a. I just decided to do it, and people fans started following me, and then it's like now I got beat writers and players you know, reading my stuff. Miguel, first off, I did see the tweet and appreciate the love. And secondly, on the website, you've outlined a number of potential scenarios for what the Patriots can do with Darrell Revis. Why don't you lay out what you've deemed to be the most favorable situation for both sides, New England and Revis? What I would do with him, it would reach like a four-year deal with him. With you, you, and which you would get, give him a ton of money up front, all right, and where you would guarantee his 2015 and 2016 salaries, he'd be, he would get a ton of cash, more cash than what Joe Hayden, around when Joe Hayden, Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman just got in the deals in 2000, you know, last year. The Patriots would end up saving. Ten, ten and a half million dollars on the cap in 2015. They would pay him a lot of money in 2015 and 2016, which will allow them to, you know, they're right behind right now. They're one of the teams that haven't spent, they haven't met the 
89% cash spending floor. So they would allow, allow help them reach that floor. For example, I would give him, like, for example, um, I would give him like a $20 million bonus. All right. You could give him a $20 million bonus, three and a half million dollar salary for the 2015. And like, in, in like every page, most Patriots players now are, get a per a 46 million active roster bonus. I'd make it for him like $500,000, which he had last year. So I would, I would do the same thing for the, this year. So I would have, my deal would give him $14 million cap. If the Patriots would save $11 million to allow them to sign their free agents like McCordy, um, Jonathan Casillas, Danny Aiken, Stephen Kukowski. You know, so and then he would get, and I basically he would get. It would give him thirteen and a half million dollars. It would be the third highest API for a con, um, for a cornerback. If you could want him to give him more money, he was real important. So you can go up to fourteen million dollars and give him a twenty-two million dollar bonus, and you still save ten and a half million dollars. You know, even if you were to give him to make him the highest paid cornerback, I mean, you let's say you want to give him sixteen, the Patriots would still save money on the cap. I just think was, the more you give him, the more API you give him, the more likely that down the road we're going to cause problems when you have the, the younger talent on the team, like a Chandler Jones or Dante Hightower or Jimmy Collins want to get their deal. Excellent stuff there, Miguel, of course. Uh, I've seen a tweet come out there that the NFL salary cap is going to be somewhere between 140 and $143 million this year, uh, which is a slight increase over the, what they had projected. Right now on the uh, top 51, it looks like the Patriots are over that salary cap at about $151 million, if I remember correctly. So the question that I have for you here is, uh, explain to our listeners uh, a little bit about the Rule of 51 and, of course, the the uh, the salary cap hit of Dural Rivas, the $25 million is included in this projection of the Patriots cap. Okay. As you know, during the offseason, um, teams are allowed to carry up to 90 players on the roster, right? So in order to afford to have, have all those players on the roster during the offseason, but they have a rule called 51, where the the, the the they only count the salaries of the of the players with the 51 highest salary cap hits. So players 52 through 90, their salaries do not count against the cap. All right. So, for example, all these rookies who are signed, like they they happen to have a minimum salary of $435,000. If you were to include that money on the cap during the off season, there'd be very little money on the cap for any big deals. So the only part that counts against the cap is somebody that gets like a, a this prorated signing bonus and the off-season work, workout bonus money. So that's why there's a rule of 51. So which happens like, for example, in the, for the Patriots right now, the 52nd player has a salary of $510,000. So if they were to, let's say, cut a player, a mini player, and the play, and the and they're gonna cut the player with a two million dollar salary. That um, that player who gets replaced in the top fifty one with a play, with a player who has five hundred ten thousand salary, which actually means the cap savings is one million four hundred ninety thousand dollars. Miguel, now that the franchise tag can be used, do you expect the Patriots to do so with Devin McCourty, and do you think that they would do so? with the intent of working out a long-term extension? 
yes and yes. Um, the, the, the lower, the funny thing is, the lower the, the league cap, the more likely I think they're going to use it on Devin McCourty. Because we, um, because the higher the cap is, the more likely, the, the higher the, the cap number is, the closer he becomes to getting paid $10 million for a one-year deal. He might as well just sign it and, and play on that $10 million deal. So, so the lower the cap, the lower the cap, the lower his his cap number would be. I do think that they're going to come up to a long-term deal. They have until to July 15th, and they would have tagged him to reach a deal. Um, I, I, I actually think they're going to – I was surprised that they reached a deal during the 2014 season. So it tells me that he and um, – that that he probably thinks that he's worth more money than they were willing to pay. So they have to come to an agreement. I'm not worrying about it until March 2nd comes. <laughs> you know. But I do think he's going to get tagged, and I do think that he will reach a long-term deal before July 15th. The downside of tagging him is that he his that tag counts against the cap right away as soon as it's tended. He doesn't have to sign it. It counts against the cap as soon as the, the Patriots make the tag offer. Now, we talked about uh... – Revis and McCourty, those are the two big names you want to talk about. But there's a third big name in my eyes, and that's kicker Steven Gostowski. Of course, he's come on as a fourth-round pick in the 2006 draft and done a phenomenal job um, taking the place of the legend Adam Vinatieri, who was uh, was tagged on the cap a, c- a couple times and then so- signed a long-term deal with the Patriots. You're saying here now that McCourty is going to get the uh, the franchise tag possible. Um, what does that leave us for Steven Gostowski? Would the Patriots really allow him to get into free agency and and see what happens because he's become such a reliable kicker for this team? See, he he's going I think he's gonna sign a deal, and I think he easily could pay him one of the top. They're already paying him as a top kicker now. You know, you see some tweets where the Bill Belichick doesn't pay kickers. I'm like, have you not seen what they've done? They tagged Adam twice. Kikowski's one of the top five kickers now. I haven't seen no reason why he wouldn't continue to be a top five kicker. Um, I don't, they're not going to pay him as much as the Raiders paid Sebastian to Janikowski, but a deal like what the Cowboys get, Dan Bailey, was put, I think it averages three and a half million a year. It's just a little bit more money than, you know, his, um, Steven Kikowski's cap number was 3.8 last year. You get him in the three point five to four million dollars, that seems fair to me, especially since he is um I thought he was a weapon. I mean an unsung hero for the Super Bowl. They they never had a touchback. I mean that was unheard of. Miguel, the uh one of the more intriguing Patriots free agents is Shane Vereen, where they have James White laying in the weeds and also it's a deep draft class at the running back position. How much do you think Vereen will command on the open market? Great question. How much could he get? I think he could see he, he see people love shiny shiny new toys, and he did so well in the Super Bowl. I think he's going to get. I'd be. I think he's going to get three uh, three a, a deal of purpose that goes three to three and a half million, maybe four. I, I can't see getting four. Uh, but I, I could see a deal getting three and three and a half. I still, like I, I think I've said this so many times. I don't think he's on the Patriots next year. I think he's gonna. Yeah. I, I just think yeah. they, I just with all the other people they need to get. I think that 
he should he should max out his deal. I don't I don't care if he wants to play. He should max. This is the best time, best chance to get and max out the money he has. He should go as much. He won a Super Bowl. Get as much money as you can and wish and wish him well. I just don't see yeah, how. I, the, yeah, sorry. Oh, that's all right, Michael. I agree with you there. And and one of the things that I was going to kind of put there is we've we've seen the last couple of years the Patriots have let running backs walk. Of course, uh, Danny Woodhead, you know, went out and signed a two-year deal with San Diego. Since that, he's he's re-upped and had become a weapon for them. We've watched Garrett Blount walk out the door. Ben Jarvis Greenellis walk out the door. I love Shane Vereen. I think he's a great player, but I think you're right. He might price himself out of the market, especially with all the things that the Patriots have to do. And one thing that Patriots Nation doesn't really look at, because it's always the what have you done for me lately with Shane, you know, with any player. And you look at Shane Vereen in the Super Bowl, you know, 11 receptions was immense against that Seattle defense, really got out there and did some great things. But this was the first year that he really stayed healthy. Um, I don't know how much you, you looked into a guy like James White, the, who will be the second year running back out of Wisconsin. I looked at him a lot last year in camp, and I liked what I saw. He really kind of redshirted this year, kind of the same thing that Shane Vereen did in his uh, rookie year. What are your thoughts on James White? See, I, I, I don't go to camp, so I, I listen to the, you guys. They tell me what you guys see in camp. And so everything I hear about James White is like you got, that he is going to – when they when they drafted him, they said, "Oh, he's gonna be the next Shane Green." I said, "That's great," because I always thought that I thought that Shane Green and Stephen Ridley that I before he got hurt, I said, this, they're "Not they're not keeping both of them." And I always thought that Ridley be the odd man out. Like because if Ridley didn't hurt, I thought if they were both healthy, that no matter what, Green was gone. So I was like, "Okay, James White, you got Shane Green's replacement and you hope that he does well this year and then you turn you get a comp pick for him in, in the next draft so yeah i actually picked and the funny thing you mentioned james white i picked him up <laughs> in a in fantasy football league just because i thought you know i, was like, I did too yeah i did <laughs> i was like man but i kept on not doing them i was like looks like i had to drop them <laughs> hopefully that was a keeper was like, league no, no, no. It was like one of my uh, the redraft league, but I, I picked them in the like, second to last round just because I was like, because we, we had a whole bunch of the people in the, in, the, in our league of Patriots fans, and they was like, oh, I, I can't believe you're still around. So I grabbed them just in case. Yeah, we're yeah, throwing the dice there towards the end of the draft. Now, <laughs> Miguel, <laughs> another depth piece who it's going to be interesting to see whether or not his opportunity comes with the Patriots is Danny Amendola. And we know that on the open market, he's a player who could get similar money to what the Patriots are scheduled to pay him for the remainder of his contract, and furthermore, could go elsewhere and become a starter. So if he's not willing to pay a, to take a pay cut in order to stay here, would you keep him on his current contract? Oh, man, I would not keep him at full million dollars. I wouldn't keep that's good to, But I, I think that he's, because he's going to get, I wrote this. I mean, I should know off the top of my head. He's going to get a lot of money in the next. He's averaging a lot of money the next few years. He's averaging five point five million dollars in cash because he's going to get sixteen and a half million dollars in cash in the next few years. Because he has his salary goes is four million, then five and six, and then he gets a half a million dollar um, forty six million active bonus. I just don't 
see, he's he's to me he's a very insur- very expensive insurance policy for Edelman. I think he'd be better off coming agreeing to a, a deal with the Patriots where he, um, but he either lowers his salary and he has a chance to earn the money back with incentives like because he, you know, because he I think he only caught like one TV pass. So if you gave him incentive for catching two TV passes or more than 300 yards or or or, or more than whatever receptions he had. They're not likely to. They'll be considered not likely to be earn a census, so they wouldn't hit the cap by the way. And if he does, and then he has a chance to earn the money back. I propose on one of my and my blog about him that he just reaches a long. He changes his deal with the Patriots, takes a bonus up here up front, but lowers his salary, and then you could just lower his cap hit by two million dollars for each year. You know, by doing that, and I, that's what I would do if I was Danny Mendel. But I'm not his agent. <laughs> and we know that's a, very true. And we know that the Patriots love incentive-laden contracts. Yes. Yeah. But that's what I would do. I, I mean, if he wants to be here, I don't think – man, because he's – the problem is if they keep – and the, the, you hear rumors like they're going to keep Reeves at $25 million and they tag McCourty. Well, they're over the cap. they got to make capital. they gotta got to put in cap space. So he's, you know, he's he's an easy target to do that with. I mean, same like same reason like a um, like who man like he's he's in his end of his two year deal. You save money by releasing him. Um, you know, and same thing with Alfonso Denard. Alfonso Denard is actually get like um, his salary. No matter what, is going to go up to like one and a half million dollars. And you're paying. You really want to pay the fourth or maybe the fifth best cornerback that much money. Yeah, that brings me to two defensive stalwarts, uh, Gerard Mayo and Vince Wilfork. Both have very high cap hits for uh, for 2015. I believe that Gerard Mayo is about 10.5 million. In fact, I'm looking at your page right now, Miguel, <laughs> and I see 10.5 million. So, explain to me what the Patriots can do uh, with Gerard Mayo and Vince Wilfork, or of course they renegotiated with uh, last year to kind of help ease a little bit of this uh, salary cap hits for the 2015 season? Oh, Mayo is much easier. I would, I would do what I would do with Mayo, what they did with Wolfolk last year. Give him an incentive-laden deal, all right? Um, and you would lower his cap number from to about $5.7 million. Right now, if you were to cut Mayo, it would be $6 million cap hit on the you know, dead money hat. Because that's how much signing bonus probation he has left. So you would save. Oh, you wouldn't want that. Hmm. So you would save. I more... said you don't want six million in, in 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 dead money on the cap for for a player that can play well. Right. Yeah. So so you would his cap number if, if you gave him the same deal with Wolfolk, except I wouldn't give. Last year they gave Wolfolk a one point three million dollars signing bonus. I wouldn't give Mayo a signing bonus. I would just say you know here's the deal. Look, take the same deal as Wilfo, but no signing bonus. You get you, you, know, you drop his cap down to five five point seven million dollars. You save, oh geez, four over close to close to four to five million dollars on the cap, and you have the and, it, and if he reaches if he reaches his incentives, that means he's done well, and the team has done. If he's doing well on the field, the team's definitely doing well on the on the field too. Wilfolk is a is a way different story because he's got. Most it's easy to cut him and save eight million dollars in a cap, 
or seven and a half million dollars cap after the rule of 51. So what do you do with a guy who's going to get about, who's due to get 15 million dollars in cash in the next two years? Um, the Patriots could try to do something with the, what the Arizona Connells did with Larry Fitzgerald. We could deal with him and then use voidable um, add like voidable years at the end of the contract so they prorate the signing bonus. But that's they've never done that in the past. I don't know if they'll do that. They'll be the first person to do that with. Yeah. So I don't. I, I yeah. So I I can't. And the funny thing is because the Patriots did so well last year on 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 a defensive side, you can't really give him incentives that would be considered not likely to be earned, and then a reasonable person would consider yeah he had a good chance of actually making them too. Because like one incentive you could give uh, you have is winning the Super Bowl. Well. If you give him that incentive, that's considered likely to be earned, so it counts against the cap. It is. By the a, way, you know, yeah. I hear you, Miguel. It's a difficult situation with Vince Wilfork. Now, let me ask you this: rather than extending him, what seems odd to me is the way his current contract is structured is that he has five million dollars paid out to him in roster bonuses over the next two seasons, but four and a half million of that is scheduled to be paid out to him this season if he's on the roster. Why not just divide that up evenly and save some cap space that way? Yeah, you could do you could do a deal for two years, but then it would mean when you cut him, if he, if it doesn't work out, when you cut him next year, instead of his cap team being $433,000, it would be like $2.5 million. They're going to probably end the, the They'll probably end up reaching a two-year deal with the, and prorate the signing bonus money, and this hit, and then that that'll be it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Miguel, because yeah. back at the, towards the end of the season, um, Tom Brady restructured his deal, which seems like the one millionth time that uh, TB12 has done that in his career with the New England Patriots. Um, they. Basically, if I and you're the expert on this, so you can explain it a lot better than I can. But basically, he gave them 24 million dollars in cash, and you mentioned the uh, the 89 uh, percent threshold that they have to reach. What exactly did Tom Brady's restructuring do for the New England Patriots? Okay, if he was on the Week 17 roster last year, his he had a, when he signed his last restructure before this. He had a clause in there. Well, he's got the remaining salaries for 2015, 2016, and 2017 were going to be fully guaranteed if he was on the roster at week 17. Per rule in the CBA, if you fully guaranteed a player's future salaries, you have to put that. In, the Patriots would have to put that in 24 million dollars in escrow, so they couldn't touch that money. So you know, so that would, that's a way of insuring, like say. The crowd, the Patriots went out of business. That player is still getting his money. What Brady did was agree to take away the fully guaranteed portion of his of the salaries and turn it into an injury guarantee. When you make the injury guarantee, you don't have to put the money in escrow, which is why in a lot of the deals you see recently is like they'll fully guaranteed some of the money now, and then they'll become and the contracts become fully have an injury guaranteed for future years, and then become fully guaranteed. As the year comes in, like for example, like Richard Sherman's deal has has an injury guarantee now for 2016 season, and then it becomes fully guaranteed 
sometime during the year 2016. It's just a way of easing the cash flow for the team. Well, in return for doing that, Brady's salary went up by $1 million each for the 2015, 2016, and 2017 season. Um, so instead of getting $24 million over the next few years, he's getting $27. Um, but like, and yeah, so that's what 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 it in the it saves the saves the craft of putting away twenty four million dollars. Increases Brady's, you know, he Brady got more is going to get more cash in his pocket by three million dollars. Chump change for him and Giselle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, but yes, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I um, chump change for those guys. Miguel, let me ask you this. How much money do you anticipate the Patriots having to spend on outside talent? I don't think they're going after anything big like a, a Darrell Revis. I do think they're going to try to add depth, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to what they did in the early part of the BB t- Bill Belichick tenor is where they try to sign some players to long, short-term deals with very small but long money send like five or six of them and just hope that one or two work out and want to mix the team at the 50-team-man roster. I just don't see where they have where they create enough cap space. They would have to cut a lot more players than they expect them to cut to go after anybody big. And, I mean, even I would, you know, so that's what I, I think. But, of course, I reserve the right to change my mind if they do cut somebody big. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel, final question from me. Uh, Left tackle Sebastian Vollmer, he had his uh, he had his option for his fifth year option picked up seven million four hundred thirty eight thousand against the cap this year. Um, Do you expect a restructure, or do you think they can be all right with paying their left tackle that kind of money? I think they're going to do. I think they're going to reach a long term deal with him. I think they're gonna, they're gonna probably. The funny thing is, they could give him the contract. There's 32 starting left tackles in the, in the NFL. Several of them are on the rookie contracts. They could pay him the worst money, you know, as as he's, he's the worst starting left tackle who's not on a rookie contract and still save money on the cap. The best left tackle in the game are, are making anywhere between 10 to 12 million dollars a year. I don't think he's going to get that kind of money, but I do see where they can reach deals with him, where they say take his cap number down to seven from seven and a half million to seven point four to three to four million dollars. So I so there are deals and that they can make right now. Like and I, and I said this, you know, they they create cap space for them. For example, if they reach a, a deal with him and they lower his cap number to even two and a half, you know, then they're going out. And if they backload his contracts, if they backload their contracts like they typically done, then they could go out and get a sign of big free agent. I just don't think they're going to do that because I think the players on the team are going to see what ha- have seen what happens when you backload a if you're a player you backload the contract. You're asked to you get traded if you're Mankins, or you're asked to redo your deal like you, if you're Wolfhawk. I'd be surprised if. One like the young talent like McCordy, Solder, Hightower, Chandler Jones, if they sign a backloaded deal that doesn't, you know, after seeing what just happened. His name is Miguel. He runs 
PatsCap.com. You can find him on Twitter at, at PatsCap. He is also going to be a contributor to the great podcast, Patriots 4th and 2, and you can also find him writing on PatsFans.com. Miguel, thank you so much for joining CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. We Anytime. really appreciate it. We really appreciate it, my friend. Uh, some great stuff, some valuable information, and uh, boy, it's going to get a little crazy here before March 10th. But, but before March 10th, before then, before March 2nd, relax. Enjoy, rewatch the Super Bowl. Okay, right. I, I cannot believe people are actually worried about what's going to happen. We're on to five, Miguel. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. St- I know we're on to five, but relax. Enjoy four. <laughs> enjoy four. <laughs> Because you can start, start worrying at, on March 2nd. You can start worrying then. You know, then enjoy four. Drive for five. Okay, it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Okay. okay. I still can't believe they won. I'm sorry. <laughs> I pulled the lamp cord off the, off the lamp next to myself and shocked myself back to life uh, <laughs> after they intercepted that ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I literally drove. I, I, I did a head-first slide across my friend's floor, and I was like telling my wife, I don't remember if I knew he had a cop. I really, <laughs> I'm like, did I really do, do that and I not know that he had a cop? I was like, I was so was it, happy. Was, were you happy excitement, or was there a little bit of liquid encouragement involved in that? Oh, I was like, when he, they, I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I, I was like and I threw myself off the floor. I could not believe it. I was like, what? It was a, oh, that was the craziest thing ever. Yeah, Miguel was inside doing the slip and slide on, on his buddy's carpet. Great stuff, Miguel. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. No problem. Take care. <laughs> that, of course, was... Miguel from PatsCap.com joining us here on CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. He was brought to you by the good friends at Lynda.com. Go out and challenge yourself today. Lynda.com. Hey, I signed up for it. I'm learning everything I need to learn. I'm doing you know great on this Lynda thing. And you can get a free 10-day trial. www.lynda.com slash CLNS. Very, very simple. You get on there. You set yourself up for a 10-day free trial, learn about whatever you want. You want to learn a little bit a bit more about, uh, you know, Windows 8, which, you know, I can't understand Windows 8, so I took a course. I'm a little better at it now. You want to learn about audio editing? You can do that. You want to learn, you know, how creative writing? You can do that. All this great stuff on lynda.com. Check it out today. What a great set up there by Miguel, don't you think, Bobby? That was informative. Learned a lot about what to expect from the Patriots this offseason. You know, I will say one thing. All right, so I put a lot of time and effort into our podcast and running the Patriots beat team and, you know, then my full-time job, my wife and my children. And and my wife, you know, usually wants to shoot and kill me with all the time <laughs> that I put into the Patriots. I can't imagine how Mrs. Miguel feels when this guy has this website devoted to the Patriots cap, which I think you need like three masters in trigonometry just to figure it out, and it's set up so well. So patscap.com, you got to check it out. We got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we got to digest here, don't you think? I mean, let's start let's start right off the top. Darrell Revis. I expect him to be back. I don't think the Patriots are going to let him walk. Uh, Jonathan Kraft came out 
and called the the second year a a uh, placeholder. Uh, you know, there's been some reports here and there that uh, Revis has decided it was just going to be a one-year deal, but I don't believe that as much. I don't see them letting this guy walk. Uh, they can do some great things. Listen, he's going to count $5 million of dead money if he's not on the team next year. Why not, you know what, set it up, make a long-term deal, and, and, and get a top caliber player for the next three to four seasons even if you're paying him 15 million dollars a season why not do it because we saw what happened when the Patriots let a guy like Asante Samuel go who is nowhere near the caliber of uh, cornerback that uh, Darrell Rivas is uh, they spent forever and a day trying to find his replacement until they got Rivas I mean they they, they drafted Tyrone Wheatley and and uh, Ross I Dowling Darius Butler they paid money for Lee Bowden. So you can't let this guy walk, can you, Bobby? No, and the amount of resources you just listed that they tried to find what ultimately ended up being solved by Darrell Revis adds up to quite the hefty price. So listen, when I saw the reports about Revis viewed this as a one-year contract, to me, that those reports are coming out a year too late because everyone's known all along that it was highly unlikely that Revis was going to be playing for the Patriots next year at that $25 million cap number. So I fully expect the Patriots to work out a long-term extension with him, one that will help their current cap situation, which they desperately need, given how many important free agents they have and some of the other contracts that some of their more valued players are currently under. So when it's all said and done, I don't think Revis goes anywhere. I don't think he he plays for that $25 million cap figure and all is right in New England. Deb McCourty, the second half of that great secondary uh, that we saw this year that really took off when Brandon Browner came back in for week seven. McCourty did some great things uh, all season long. Miguel kind of sat there and thought that the the franchise tag was going to be the, the way for him to go. I can definitely see them franchising him. Listen, you don't want to see him walking out there. I also don't believe that uh, McCourty is, I'm not going to say worth, but I don't think the Patriots would pay him the kind of money that like an Earl Thomas makes. No, I think he's a tier below Earl Thomas, but he is extremely valuable to this Patriots defense as the center fielder who does a terrific job of making sure the Patriots don't get beat deep, which something Belichick puts a premium on. There's a great relationship between both sides. McCourty loves it here. He calls us his home. So I expect a deal to get done. Now, Jeff, let me ask you, how would you feel about them working out with McCourty? Something along the lines of five years, $35 million, divided up however you'd like. More than happy with that. I think that's a fair market deal. It's more than T.J. Ward got in uh, in Denver last year. He's a better player than T.J. Ward. It is below what we've seen for Earl Thomas. Again, I have nothing but respect for Devin McCourty. I just don't think he is the game changer right now um, that Earl Thomas is. Earl Thomas is a game changer in the NFL. Devin McCourty is a you know, a very good safety. He's been an all-pro. He did a fine job moving over from cornerback to safety. But right now, he's he's the last line of defense. He's a center fielder. You don't see him getting up and making those huge hits. You don't see him, you know, playing that Ed Reed or uh, Earl Thomas uh, move where they go up and he picks off a, a, a ball to seal it. Most of McCourty's uh, interceptions aren't 
huge plays on the ball as more of right place, right time. He's a solid safety. I just don't think he's a game changer, but you do have to pay this guy because he allows the Patriots to be able to play bump and run coverage with a guy like Brandon Bolden. It allows uh, them to bracket over the top, especially with a guy that can go up on the line and play cornerback at time. His his value to this team is just so, so big. And let's not forget, he did have a key interception in the Patriots' comeback against Baltimore in the AFC Divisional Round. He did. And not, he did. not to mention, Jeff, if the Patriots lose McCourty, does that mean we lose Patrick? I think we might. I think Patrick might, you know, pack up his bags and leave. He could be joining a new fan base. That'd be a huge loss for us. What are you talking about? Huge loss? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign him up and give him a new, uh, new T-shirt. I'm just kidding, Patrick. Of course, we're talking about Patrick Shankauer at CLNS underscore Patrick. Patrick is uh, just a phenomenal. Uh, uh, podcaster for us on his own show, The Cheap Seats with Kevin Majori. Uh, you can follow, of course, that uh, great podcast there. And, and then, of course, uh, he does the the Patriots uh, post-game shows with myself every Sunday after the New England Patriots game. So we're just joking, Patrick. We love you. I'm going to drop a little bit of a bombshell here yeah. on, uh, on Patriots Nation. Um, Vince Wilfork, I expect him to be cut. Really? I, I got to tell you, Jeff, I don't see that happening. I know they just traded Mankins last year, but there is something to be said about leadership and what a player brings to the locker room. I think that Wilfork is back. I think similar to what Miguel and I discussed is a situation where they may not extend his contract beyond, beyond the two years that he has left, but they may take his roster bonus, which is spread out, Five million over the course of these next two seasons, at rates of four and a half million this year and just five hundred thousand next year, and they may just simply split that in half, and that saves them, you know, important cap money this year, about one and a half to two million. So I think that is more realistically what's going to happen with Will Fork. I, for one, would be surprised if the bomb you just dropped comes to fruition. Well, I will be surprised as well, but I because I'm not usually right. But I look at if they cut him, they can save that seven million dollars. I'm not saying he wouldn't be back because I don't think on the open market that a 33 year old defensive tackle is going to get seven million dollars a year. I could see them releasing him if they cannot work out a restructured contract and then bringing him back at at less money with more performance uh, bonuses in there, especially if he has the season that he had this year, which he played back up to his, uh, you know, all pro, all pro status there. I looked at Gerard Mayo and it was a guy that I really thought the Patriots uh, could end up cutting. And then I look and and see the fact that he's, you know, signed through uh, 2019, I believe, and that the roster, uh, you know, the signing bonus accelerates, and it's it's $6 million of dead money there. Uh, I thought with, you know, the emergence of Dante Hightower and, of course, Jamie Collins, that he could be moved. Then I thought about it a little longer, and I think that is the one place where they really, really, really have to revisit to get a little more uh, salary cap room. There's no way that they can have a guy who's, 
been injured both of the last two years, only playing six games, counting $10 million against his salary cap, especially with such high-profile needs to bring in here, bringing back Devin McCourty, re-signing Darrell Rivas, of course the kicker and Steven Gostowski, and a bunch of other players that, that need to be on this team. What are your thoughts there on Mayo? What makes it difficult is the way that Mayo's contract is structured and the leverage he has because the Patriots' best option is to wait to cut him until he practices rather than tag him as an injury-related cut. So they're going to have to wait to recoup some of that money, and they would get about $3.5 million back from Mayo if they part ways with him, but they also wouldn't be getting that money until down the road, right around the time of training camp. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a it's sticky situation there, very, very sticky situation. We talked about Shane Vereen with Miguel. Um, I love Shane Vereen. Uh, I was been a big proponent of his uh, going back to when he was drafted, going back to uh, my days running uh, Patriots goal to go. Uh, I talked extremely highly about Shane Vereen, always wanted to see him get uh, more than, than he could. Shane Vereen, to me, I love him to death, but he's going to price himself right out of the market here for the New England Patriots. I think James White could step in. It is a very, very deep draft class here uh, for the running back uh, position, so they could bring him in uh, in any kind of replacement for him or use James White. Let me tell you right now, I don't expect it to happen, but can you imagine at the end of the first uh, first round that you're missing – you're going to lose Shane Vereen. Uh, Stephen Ridley is a uh, unrestricted free agent as well. You got Legarrette Blount coming back. You got Tyler Gaffney, who they they uh, got from Stanford. Uh, actually, they didn't get him from Stanford. He ended up in on Carolina's team, and it was an injury claim that they picked him up there. Uh, Brandon Bolden, James White. Imagine if you got Melvin Gordon and teamed him back up with his college teammate James White. Imagine that backfield. Of course, they don't expect the Patriots to take a running back in the first round. Uh, but how how happy would I be? Oh, yes. I wouldn't know what to do with you. I'd have to put you on mute on the Facebook group. Um, that w- You do that already. <laughs> yeah, I listen time and time again just to get the bullet points. But uh, it would be an interesting situation if Melvin Gordon was brought in as Shane Marine's replacement because I do think it's unlikely that he's back. Miguel said he couldn't see a team – willing to pay Vereen $4 million. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if someone wanted him bad enough that they were willing to go $5 million. And if that's the case, then Vereen is certainly gone and has played his last game in Foxborough. Now, with that said, the one concern I have is James White. He's exactly the type of running back that fits the mold of the Vereens and the Woodheads and even the Kevin Fox. But... When you watch him play and when you watch Shane Vereen play, there's just Shane Vereen just has that it factor. When you watch him play, you can just see that he's more naturally talented than some of the guys I just mentioned who have filled this role as a more of a receiving type back than the Patriots have had in years past. To me, Shane Vereen's just more talented. And so I know that it's more of a long-term deal with James White than what can he do right away this year, but... I just think that there's a drop-off there that the Patriots are going to miss. We'll see as things unfold. Of course, March 2nd is that 
big day, as, as Miguel mentioned. It's the day, the last day that uh, franchise tagging can be brought in. A lot of moving pieces there. I expect Danny Amendola to be cut. Um, I love Danny Amendola. I've always wanted him to succeed. When they signed him, I always looked at it as a two-year deal. He's coming to the end of his second year. Um, it, it'll be tough for them to give him $5.5 million uh, as a third wide receiver, especially with a guy like Josh Boyce, uh, you know, who is, was signed to a future contract. Uh, Aaron Dobson, I still have hopes for Aaron Dobson to be out there. And as Miguel said, it's a big money for an insurance uh, for, for Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman has just become such a phenomenal player for the New England Patriots. Yeah, Edelman has stepped up and taken the role that we thought Amendola was going to have when he first signed here. And he even had a great game in week one last year against Buffalo. But from there, the injury mark you know, took, his, took the toll on him. Edelman stepped up and is firmly entrenched in that role now. And you know, as nice as it is to have Amendola as not only insurance for Edelman, but keep in mind he is the team's kick returner, and he's so he was so effective late in the season and in the playoffs and the Super Bowl as that third wide receiver, and really just a great. He finally became a great complement to Edelman, which he was not at the beginning of the year and was having troubles in that role. Certainly, health was a probably a factor in that, but. You look at that cap number, and it is—it's just too big for an insurance policy and a third wide receiver. So, I certainly think the ideal replacement would be internally if Aaron Dobson could step up, or even if Brian Timms made a huge jump this off season. But the Patriots may have to end up adding someone from outside, probably through the draft, in order to fill that void if Amendola is let go. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They've said that it's uh, a deeper draft for wide receivers, not quite as deep as last year. Of course, the Patriots had their famous double dip back in 2012 with uh, Amendola, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, Dobson and Boyce. Haven't seen huge returns from either one of them. And of course, uh, uh, Kemble Tompkins, who was released and picked up by the uh, Oakland Raiders. I will say this thing about Danny Amendola, though. I don't think the Patriots win the Super Bowl without him. Agreed. Um, you know, so uh, we'll see what happens. I would not be hugely surprised if they reworked a deal with him and and brought him back at a lower number. He's a classic case for restructuring. But at the same point, uh, you know, you got to save some money to sign some of these uh, bigger guys out there. Uh, coming to the end of the podcast here, I just want to uh, thank uh, our buddy Rod uh, from Pat's Gazette. Um, we were out there looking for some new uh, writers for Patriots Beat here, and uh, with uh, Rod's help and the help of uh, CLNS Radio and, and an aggressive campaign uh, of We Want You, a, a classic uh, U.S. Army reference that we kind of kind of borrow there, if you don't say so. We've added two uh, two new writers, and I uh, am very excited to bring both of them uh, aboard, and I think they'll be adding uh, some great things. The uh, uh, first one is Bill Bodell, and you can follow him at, at CLNS underscore Bill, really looking forward to some of his writing. He uh, he did a couple guest spots for us last year at training camp. Uh, it'll be good to see them there. And uh, Greg O'Rourke, and you can follow him on Twitter at, at G O'Rourke, and that's O R O U R K E O eight one two. Follow them both on uh, Twitter as the Patriots beat team uh, continues to grow and continues to do uh, some good things. 
We have a lot of, lot of big, exciting stuff coming forward this offseason and into the uh, 2015 uh, season for the New England Patriots. Uh, we'll release a little bit as it comes, as things uh, get more concrete. Um, but we, you'll be seeing uh, CLNS Radio's Patriots beat all over the place. I can promise you that we come through with what our promises. Uh, we are, as we like to say, the next big thing. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Bobby, final thoughts from you before we, uh, we, we say adieu until next week. Yeah, I think another interesting situation to monitor is Nate Solder's contract. You brought up Sebastian Vollmer's. Well, on the other side of that line, the Patriots may not be ready to commit to a long-term deal with Solder, and yet if they wait to see what they really have in him and try to play this season out, he could end up having a huge year and earning major dollars, which the Patriots may not want to pay. So it's a bit of a – they may want to roll the dice and try and get a long-term deal that they hope is better value for them, or they may want to wait a year – see what they really have in Solder, and then go from there. But that could cost them greatly. The Patriots Beat Podcast today has been brought to you by Lynda.com. Go out and challenge yourself today, www.lynda.com. And for your free 10-day trial, go to www.lynda.com. Get on board. Challenge yourself today. Next week, in essence, Doug Kide will be joining us to talk a little bit about this offseason. Of course, uh, Doug, before Nesson, was part of anypatriotsdraft.com. There will be plenty of talk on the Combine, which is underway. Lots of good things coming up. Uh, for guests, as far as we're concerned, we're very excited. Mike Reese from ESPN Boston will be joining us. Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network's Path to the Draft will be joining us sometime late March, early April. Uh, again, big things planned. My name's Jeff Kane. I have been your host today, along with Bobby Kravitsky. We will talk to you guys next week as we continue to look forward to the Patriots building the 2015 roster and the drive for five. Bobby, as always, thank you very much. And to our fans, have a great week. Sports Talk Radio, CLNS Radio.